Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. I want to focus on just a couple of verses today in that whole chapter, and it starts in verse 2. I'm going to read through to verse 4 and then pop down a little bit later to one other verse in Colossians. We're going to jump around a little bit as well in the New Testament, maybe the Old. It says in verse 2, Paul writes, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it, with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Verse 2, he says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Whose version uh, says fervently or diligently? To consistently continue with diligence in prayer, being watchful in it and thanksgiving. When I start talking about prayer and uh, when you perhaps read a scripture like that to keep praying, continue praying. And I would then say, how is your prayer life? What would your natural response be? I'm, I'm hearing inconsistent. I'm, seeing it's, I'm hearing it sucks. I'm hearing uh, I don't pray enough. Um, some might say it's great. Um, it's an interesting question when I was a, a, a young zealot of a Christian the first <laughs> oh man I was so much more arrogant than I am right now I, w- I would in my passion for Jesus I would meet another Christian and I lied this is not a lie one of the first questions I, uh, I would ask is you're a Christian fantastic how's your prayer life going do you think that made too many friends <laughs> Because people feel judged and condemned in that moment because the natural instinct is, well, I, I, I need to be praying more. And so Paul says this, keep praying, continue praying consistently and be watchful in it. Continue steadfastly in prayer. It's one of the final things he says. In fact, it's not an isolated thing that he says to the church of God. He says it often. Keep praying. Keep praying. Have you ever felt like there's a lack of prayer in your life? Is there prayerlessness at times in your life? Yes, that's me. Now, prayerlessness and a lack of prayer, and, and, and prayer is not just uh, uh, rattling off the Lord's prayer. Prayer, I think, stems from communion with God, Him speaking to me, I speak with Him, I spend time with Him. That, that rhythm of grace, right? At times, I get distracted from that community. At times, I get dissuaded from that community, that, that, that communion with Him. And prayerlessness, I believe, uh, in our walk with God, is often less to do with a lack of discipline and more to do with a lack of faith. Because we can discipline until the cows come home and still not have true communion and true prayer with God. Now, I have discipline. Discipline's really, really important. It is. 
But that just kind of keeps me on the straight and narrow. It keeps me set. I have a discipline in the mornings to get up and spend time with God. It's a discipline. But I can discipline myself to do that, but my heart still be absent. But where faith is fresh and there's a desire and a pursuit or even a need to cling to Him, prayer just comes a lot more naturally. Are you picking up what I'm putting down this morning? One person illustrated prayer in this way, that prayer is like a train. All aboard the prayer train. And on the prayer train, faith is like the engine that drives the train. God's promises are the fuel, and discipline is like the rails. So discipline's important, but without the faith, you're not going anywhere. So faith then shows itself in prayer. And prayer can be said to be the native language of faith. And so here Paul says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. What's he saying? Continue steadfastly, fervently, diligently, persistently. How often do we see in the Bible... We're encouraged, even by Jesus, to be persistent and to persevere in prayer. To persevere. If you're taking notes, write this down. Persevere and don't lose heart. As you pray, persevere and don't lose heart. Be persistent and don't give up. Keep on trusting. Keep on talking with God. Keep on resting in Him. If you've got your swords, pull them out again. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Jesus tells a parable. It says, tell, told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. This is important because this is the reason why Jesus says this next story so that they would uh, always pray and not lose heart. He says in verse 2, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect? That's us. Who cry to him day and night. Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So Jesus tells a story here about not giving up and persisting. The story about a widow dealing with an unjust judge, an unrighteous judge. And what Jesus is saying, hey, listen, if this judge is going to listen to this woman, your God is not going to be mocked either. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, your God hears you. Don't give up. 
It doesn't matter what things look like on the surface. Don't underestimate what's happening beneath. God is up to something. And just because you don't see fruit on that tree just yet doesn't mean it's not going to produce some fruit. It doesn't mean the roots aren't working deep down. So what are you pursuing in prayer with God? What are you being encouraged or even provoked this morning as I'm talking to persist in, to persevere in and not give up? Don't lose heart, persevere. And neither don't be passive, be persistent. Sometimes I, th- I, th- I think that our theology is so wrong in that uh, uh, we may think that prayer is a kumbaya club and we're just passive about it and we're compliant with, um, with what, ha- what we see around about us and how we feel in that moment. We, we, we just go with the flow. But here we see an illustration where Jesus says, you've got to keep on keeping on. Keep persisting in prayer. What does it say in Matthew chapter 7? Knock, ask, and seek. In fact, it starts off with ask, seek, and then knock. And uh, when he says it, it's a continual, ongoing, continue asking, continue seeking, continue knocking, keep doing it. Don't just give up at one. I would encourage your brothers and sisters, you have needs, you have requests, you have petitions. Don't just stop on one. Don't just stop on two or three. Continue because your Father hears you. Last week, or actually it was two weeks ago, I mentioned that one of my girls uh, uh, now is, uh, has been asking about a pet spider. Do you know what she's asking for now? A pet snake. Legit, she's asking for a pet snake. I'm just waiting for the fad to pass. But I tell you what, if that precious daughter of mine... <laughs> being as psychotic as she is in that moment, wanting a snake. (laughs) If she continues to ask, I'm going to give it greater weight. So I'll then say, please don't go talking to my kids and encouraging them to continue persisting and persevering in their requests. I'm going to say, what kind of snake do you want? And then I'll ask some more questions. Well, how are you going to look after the snake? How is it going to be contained? How are you going to feed the snake? As a father, I am interested in what she is interested in. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that a father is always going to give you whatever you want just because you're bugging the living daylights out of him. But he's going to put greater weight on the request. As a father, I'm interested in my children. Do you know your father in heaven, he pays attention when you ask him things, when you request things of him? And I want to encourage you this morning, continue steadfastly, in prayer. And I'll tell you what else it says there. It says, um, uh, be watchful in it with thanksgiving. So um, I'm not just going to make a lot of noise and demand of God. There's going to be a sense of thanksgiving in my prayer with Him. Be anxious for nothing, it says in Philippians 4, 6, but in everything. With prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God with thanksgiving. Important for us as children to mind our manners. There's a lot of pleases that goes on, but I've got to give them a lot of thanks too. 
He deserves it. And what the thankfulness does in my heart as I thank him often, not just when the food comes in front of me at the dinner table, it teaches me humility. He wants me to come to him in boldness, but also humility. A boldness might cause for us to have an over-realized sense of confidence, but a humility says, oh, but you are God. I pray with boldness. I come to the throne room of grace with boldness. But I know that God's God and I'm not. And so I thank him, which teaches me he is the giver of good things. And he gets to decide. So as we pray, let's persevere and not lose heart. Let's read on. It says, uh, really interesting. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison, that I might make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Okay, so where is Paul when he writes this? He's in prison. Who knows what he's in prison for? Preaching the gospel. And what he does is he he says, says, look, um, on the topic of prayer, while we're talking about praying for things, can you also pray? Can you please also pray? for us pray for us and he doesn't just stop there he he starts to be specific what what, what are we going to pray for if you're in prison and you were doing the work of God and you're thrown into prison what would you ask for get me out of here that's not what he says that's actually not what he says he says (laughs) pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak and here here we can see a great truth that the inner life of prayer leads to an outer life of witness every day of the week what goes on deep down in the depths of your heart in prayer will eventually show itself with practice and what comes off our lips and Paul doesn't just say please pray that God gets me out of here no that a door would be open to us to preach to share the mystery of Jesus priority for him is not comfort it's Christ And I want to encourage you this morning, as Paul did here, when he said to pray, it wasn't just a generic, general prayer. It was specific. Have the faith to be specific when you pray. Have the faith to be specific. When people ask for prayer, I almost always say, well, how can I pray? What can I pray for? When your father is listening to you, he wants to know the specifics that are in your heart. And it takes faith to be specific. It actually takes faith. Oh God, I pray a blessing over Candace Wren, a blessing over Gary Baker. I pray a blessing over Amanda Milner. I pray a blessing over Norm Ewing. Well, specifically, Father, this is what I pray for that Candace would flourish in this area, that Norm would be strengthened in this area, that you would bring deliverance in this area, that you will see breakthrough in that area. 
It takes faith. So may we also, as Paul said, specifically pray for some. May we be specifically, uh, uh, may, may we be specific as we pray to our Father in heaven. Why? Because if it interests us, it interests him. And it's in those specific requests that we make that he can be specific in his responses to us. And then who gets the glory? He gets the glory. Again, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What does it say in James? You have not because you... I wonder what I'm lacking in my life because I haven't asked for it yet. I wonder what my father has for me but hasn't given because I haven't asked. Just a question. Perhaps this morning it's an encouragement for us all to have the faith to be specific. Luke chapter 18 and verse 35. As Jesus drew near to Jericho, there was a blind man. We know that his name was Bartimaeus from another account. He was sitting by the roadside begging. Hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. And they told him, well, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front of him rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more. It's a bit of a struggle here, isn't it? A bit of a wrestle. He, he didn't care. He was persistent. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, here's the question. <laughs> you have a blind beggar coming to Jesus. And Jesus, who knows all, it's not just, it's not just a, a apparent and obvious in the natural. He, he can see what's going on, but he, he knows more than just that. Anyone, blind Freddy could have seen what this man wanted. But Jesus had the gall to say, what, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people. When they saw it, they gave praise to God. When I come before my father, And I'm praying for things, people, situations. I wonder if God is saying, what is it exactly that you want? Name it. Be particular. Be pointed. Be specific. I want to hear it. I'm going to invite Josh to come up. Josh Newland, who's got a short testimony about faith required in a recent season a few years ago two to three years ago being specific in prayer um <clears throat> so uh five and a half years ago my wife and i got married um 
and about six months into being married, we fell pregnant and had a miscarriage and then proceeded to have six more miscarriages. And we had seven miscarriages and um, we were told by the obstetrician in the office, okay, it's time to start talking about IVF. And we both sort of looked at each other and we both looked back at the obstetrician and we said, thank you very much for all your help, but we're going to do these things our way. And we went away and as Mel was bawling her eyes out in the car, I said to her, I know that 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 we're not going to have to go through IVF. We're going to conceive naturally, go full term and have a child. Well, next month he turns two years old. Because I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. And the verse that kept me going was Daniel 6 verse 10. I did, as I always did, went to the upper room, opened my windows towards Jerusalem and prayed three times a day as I'd always done. Our prayer life didn't change, even though our circumstances did. And you see, we had seven miscarriages and on the eighth pregnancy, it's God's version of new beginnings. Seven is the number of completion. Now, here's another further step to the testimony. 31st of July, 2020 was our last miscarriage. 31st of July, 2022, we dedicated Elijah. It came full circle because God is always punctual. God is always faithful. And this is not to downplay anything, but we had a heck of a journey. But I just want to say, when you're specific in prayer, when you are faithful in what he's doing and you don't let the journey deter you from your prayer life, he will come through. There are so many of those stories in our church community about being specific. How many people, as I'm just talking about that point, you, you can attest to that, that there are times where you have been specific in your request to God and He has come through. May we be encouraged. See, what the stories like that does is it stimulates our faith and encourages us to pray. We don't, we don't need to necessarily be beating ourselves over the head with, I've got to pray more, I've got to pray more. No, let's have faith in God. And prayer becomes a lot more natural. So we persevere and we don't lose heart. We have the faith to be specific. And I want to finish with this one. We learn to wrestle from rest. We learn to wrestle from rest. Uh, this is a really um, interesting point. If you go further down to verse 12, it says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Whose version there says wrestling, toiling, striving? Mm. That word there, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, always struggling on your behalf in prayers. Struggling, think about that for a second. Struggling in prayer. What does it mean to struggle in prayer? What does Paul mean there, to struggle in prayer? Again, let's keep in mind, uh, the kumbayas are great, but there is more than just a sweet, enjoyable, calm aspect to prayer. There are times where, as John Piper says, prayer is like a wartime, a wartime walkie-talkie. Because we've got to remember, we're in a war zone, right? We're in a war at the moment. We struggle not against flesh and blood, 
We're in a war at the moment, and prayer, in many senses, as John Piper says, is a wartime walkie-talkie. Hey, God, Captain, General, send some support. Send over an angel. You've got to help me. There are bombs flying left, right, and center. You've got to help me here. At times, there is going to be a struggle. At times, there is going to be a wrestle. And that's what Paul's talking about here. In fact, you know what that word really means? Agon, agonismi. I always get that wrong. Agonismi. What's that word sound like? Agonismi. It's wrestling. And that's as in an athlete would contest or contend, struggle, fight. That points to warfare. Because prayer can be hard work. Prayer can be hard work. There's often a struggle or a wrestle, sometimes with ourselves as we pray. If you, if you ever want to hear your, your phone start going off, go for a prayer walk. Decide to just pray and all of a sudden your phone will start pinging. Have you noticed that? And we're then distracted. We're, we're often struggling against ourselves. Sometimes we'll struggle with ourselves. Sometimes we'll struggle or we'll wrestle with the enemy in prayer. Have you found that before? What about Daniel and the book of Daniel? How many days did it take for, for Daniel's prayers to prevail? 21 days. There was a wrestle going on in the heavenly realms. And after 21 days, his breakthrough came. What if he stopped and he didn't persist at 20 days? What if he stopped then? One more day and it got the breakthrough. Sometimes there is a wrestle or a struggle against the evil one. Sometimes there's a struggle with God. And he's saying, come to me, let's contend, let's talk this out, let's hash this out, come on. Sometimes prayer can look like that. In the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 9, Moses wrestled with God. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, David was struggling with God and praying and petitioning for his son, who eventually passed away. In 2 Corinthians 12, we know that the Apostle Paul three times was pleading sometimes the wrestle can be a great thing it's not so much about changing God in the wrestle it's about us changing in the wrestle one of the beautiful things about prayer is that we get changed in the process I don't want to change. For God to move us from glory to glory. For God, by the power of His Spirit, to make us like Jesus, we've got to change. Which means there's some gunk and some stuff that God's got to deal with. And that can be painful sometimes. But we are predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Which means God loves you just the way that you are but he loves you too much to leave you that way. And he gives you his Holy Spirit to shape you and to change you so that he can glorify you.
agonizomai. Struggle. Wrestle. 1 Timothy 4.10, For to this end we toil and we agonizomai, we strive, we wrestle, because we have our hope set on the living God. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, Fight the good fight of faith. Agonizomai, fight, fight. That's the same word, fight. John 18, 36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting. Same word. That I might not be delivered over to the Jews. So wrestling with God in prayer is like this. A continual asking, seeking, knocking and not being distracted or dissuaded because we are set on him and it's not just what we get from him that causes us to wrestle it's we get him in the process the greatest gift we get from the rhythm of prayer is him we get Jesus and Jesus is so clever because what he does is he uses people, place, and things to get our attention that we would come to him. And he says, oh, look, I'm going to use those troubles. I'm going to use those tribulations. And I'm going to use it for my glory so that you would come to me, that you would learn from me, that you would know me, that you would encounter me, that you can grow in me. Because remember, it says, uh, verse 12 struggling on your behalf in his prayers so that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God this is what John Spurgeon says heaven's gate is not to be stormed by one weapon but by many Spare no arrows, Christian. Watch and see that none of the arms in thy armory are rusty. Besiege the throne of God with a hundred hands and look at the promise with a hundred eyes. You have a great work on hand for you. Have to move the arm that moves the world. Watch then for every means of moving that arm. See to it that you ply every promise that you use every argument, that you wrestle with all might. So here's an important take-home, though, just as we finish here, that we must learn to wrestle from rest. What does that mean? Hang on, aren't they mutually exclusive? No, they're not. Remember, we are fully rested in him and we remain in him and it's from that place that we then wrestle and it's often in the wrestle that we can deepen our rest let's go to let's go way back to colossians chapter 1 and verse 29 this is what it says colossians chapter 1 and verse 29 for this i toil says paul the writer struggling with all his energy that struggle you know what that word there is agonizomai it's the same word for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. For this I toil, for this I work, struggling with all his energy. That, that's, 
That's kind of hard to get your head around. Who's doing the work then? Is it me or God? Remember, it is He who works in me both to will and work for His good pleasure. What that means, what He's saying is, I struggle, He says, or Epaphras is struggling, but He's doing it with God's power. He's struggling, He's striving, He's wrestling as He's resting. A loved, much loved member of our church community, Shane Thor, is in hospital as we speak. We're praying for him. It's been a number of weeks now. He is struggling, but he is stable. And within most days, I hold his hand, kiss his salty forehead, I pray with him, I speak over him. And verse 29 is what I said to him just a few days ago. I said, Shane, listen to me. And he's, he's there. He can hear. I said, Shane, listen to me. You're coming good. God will not be mocked. The prayer of his saints are being heard. And you're getting better every day. I said, listen, we're fighting for you. And you've got to keep fighting too. Keep fighting. All your organs, they're coming into alignment in Jesus' name. The infection's going down in Jesus' name. Your lungs are improving in Jesus' name. Keep working, keep toiling. And I read verse 29. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works within me. I said, Shane, listen to this verse. You work and you fight on the inside, but you do it with the strength and the power of God that he is powerfully working within you. So you wrestle from a place of rest. If that's not a picture of us walking with Christ, he does the work in us and we work hard, but we work with his strength and his power. This morning, just as we finish, I'm going to ask the team to come back up now. We're going to have a time of praying now. And we want the Holy Spirit to remind us of how He is leading us to pray. This morning is a reminder, perhaps a provocation, to continue wrestling in prayer. What are you wrestling for? In prayer, what are you wrestling for? What is it that you're struggling for in prayer? And the next question is, how are you wrestling? And how are you struggling? Are you doing it in your strength? Or are you doing it in God's? Because I look out across this room and knowing a number of stories, I know that there are people and you are wrestling right now for loved ones. You're wrestling for children. You're wrestling in prayer for parents, for neighbors, for relatives. You're wrestling for yourself for breakthrough. You're wrestling to overcome addiction. You're wrestling for for breakthrough with healing, relationships to be restored. Don't give up. Be persistent. Persevere. Don't lose hope. Have faith to be specific. And learn to rest as you wrestle. Can we stand up to our feet, please?
if you're comfortable, would you just, as an act of surrender, raise your hands toward the heaven. Father, we thank you for your spirit for stirring in us this morning. Lord, I ask that you would help us to have the boldness and the humility to, with your strength and your direction, not give up in prayer, to persevere in prayer, to wrestle in prayer, to contend with a holy contention that which you have for us. Remind us, Lord, again, that we can have if we ask, but we should ask not amiss, but we should ask in alignment with your will. Father, we wait just a minute or two and we ask your spirit to speak to us. Tap us on the shoulder. What do you want us to persist in? We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.